uh, the, the title of the series is just called Fresh, and all of you should have a worship guide. And uh, we're, we're looking at, I've taken three weeks just to look at the three parts of you. And you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. I'm going to say that again, and I've got it in the worship guide for you. You are a spirit. That's the real you. That's the eternal you. You have a soul. That's your intellect, your memories, your mind. Your, your, uh, and that part does go to, to heaven with you. You'll know who grandma and grandpa is. You'll know who your mom and your daddy and whoever has gone before you. You'll know who Abraham. You'll meet Paul. So you'll have, you, you, your mind's not erased whenever you go to heaven. But that's the soulish part of you. We'll look at that next week. And, uh, and then there's also you live in a body. That's the earth suit, right? To be absent of the body is to be present with who? The Lord. From, from, from the dirt. You came, and from the dirt you will, what, right now, return, right? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, right? So, so, but, but the real you is your spirit. So fasting is, it's the, the beauty of fasting is it's not just a physical exercise, it's a spiritual exercise. It is a mental exercise. Can I get an amen? amen? I mean, I'll get some voices talking to you, right? You start hallucinating cupcakes and stuff. You're just like, oh, God, my God. <laughs> It's, it's a mental, so it, fasting affects all three facets of your, of your life. This week I want to look at your body, or you could say just call, you could say body fresh. Now, I grew up in the 80s, and there was a saying, you better check yourself, fool. Uh, I mean, I remember that. I don't know what movie that came from, but you, is that Mr. T? Oh, see, I didn't know that. You better check yourself before you what? Come on, somebody, talk back to me. <laughs> better check yourself before you wreck yourself and and when it comes to your body you absolutely better check yourself or you will absolutely wreck yourself so uh i i don't know if you've noticed but but we all have bodies and uh, bodies have a tendency uh that they can either be fresh or they can be unfresh they can be fresh or they can be funky I'm coaching my kids basketball. I don't know nothing about basketball. I'm crowd control. It's like herding cats that can dribble. <laughs> and, and dribble, I use that word loosely. Uh, but, uh, I'm, and we had practice Saturday. And if you've ever been around kids that whenever they sweat, you know, how many of y'all know what kid sweat smells like? It's different than regular sweat. You know, they get in the car, you're just like, their hair, it just smells like kid sweat. I don't know how, I don't know how you, how you it's an outside smell. That, that's a good, it's, made, it's, it's earthy. <laughs> just, <laughs> now, it ain't fresh, I can tell you. It's, it's got a level of funk. And uh, kids, kids carry that with them, you know. And, and babies, I mean, babies, they have dirty diapers, right? And they have some issues, right? Brand new babies don't stink. I beg to differ. <laughs> That's a maternal, a maternal nose talking right there. Because I don't care what you say. You hand me a brand new baby with a dirty diaper. And he don't smell like a brand new baby anymore. <laughs> he is funky, right? And, 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 and us, us men, us adults, uh, we, we get funky. Now, I had, uh, we have, hey, hey uh, Scott, up under that. I have a tray of some things that help us stay fresh. There you go. Look at this now. Just, just turn around, Scott. Look, you'll be our bathroom attendant. <laughs> I should have brought you a tip jar. That way you get your tips. 
So, so we, have, we, we have our deodorant. Have y'all thank God for deodorant? I mean, I think kids aren't too young to wear deodorant. <laughs> it's like, lift your arm. You're four. Who cares? Uh, we got gold bond. Give it up for gold bond. How many of y'all glad at gold bond? Gold bond. <laughs> Only the old people are like, gold bond? All the young people are like, what is that? What is that? You'll see. You'll see. I promise you. Your thighs start rubbing together. You're like, where's my gold bond? It's like... I need my gold bond. <laughs> y'all, y'all laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, where's my gold bond? Uh, axe is kind of what the younger, you know, like noble, uh, the, the axe or, or whatever. And, and then I got, how many of y'all had the green polo? Ooh, that green polo was right. So all of these things, right, have to do with with, with us getting us clean. Now, my daddy was an Old Spice guy. How many of y'all are Old Spice guys? Old school, Old Spice. But if, if, uh, if we were going to like Outback, uh, he was Royal Copenhagen. Does anybody know what Royal Copenhagen is? <laughs> some, of y'all, some of y'all know what Royal Copenhagen Usually associated with motorcycles. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, goodness. So my dad... He worked on a railroad, right? So, but he would come out, and you just, my, my daddy, he smelled fresh, right? You just tell, he just smells fresh. So, so the way that we get our body fresh is, of course, we take a shower, and then we put on what, what, my, what my dad always called smell good. He said, you want some smell good? And I say, yeah, give me some of that Royal Copenhagen. So, no, 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 you get Old Spice. <laughs> That $9 bottle is reserved for me. You get the $3 bottle of the Old Spice. But we put on all this, and now my kids, you know, I get noble. Curve. That's a good 11-year-old cologne, and it's some curve, right? So we get out of the shower, and, and we, we put on all this. Thank you, Scott. You can put it back down there. Uh, but, but how many of y'all know uh, it, everything that pertains to our body doesn't wash down the drain? Wouldn't it be nice? If all of the physical hang-ups that we experience, we could just wash them down the drain. We get all funky, we're cutting the grass, we're playing basketball, we come inside, and within just a few minutes, we're fresh again. And all of that dirtiness has just gone right down the, the, the drain. And then you get out and you put on all of this stuff. How many of y'all know you can put on a lot of cleanly looking things on the outside, but still have a lot of funkiness in your body that people don't know about? And we try to mask it with a bunch of stuff, you know. We may even put a bumper sticker on our car that says, Honk if you love Jesus. Or maybe, maybe you have a bracelet that says, Let go and let God. Or, or the WWJD, or you're in the fog. I'm walking in the fog today. I mean, I know we can put a lot of that stuff on, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's things in our body that dealing with the natural part of us, if you don't check them, they will wreck you. You just have to. It just don't wash down. The, it just don't wash down. Your ability to control your mouth. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just put some, some Purell I mean, I mean, Purell, that's what your grandma washed your hair with. It's like Purell. Now, wouldn't it be nice if you could just Purell your mouth? And we try that with our kids. It's like, get over here, pump it in their mouth when they got a bad, you know, they got to put soap in their mouth. But how many of y'all know there's things that happen with our body sexually? You're not going to wash it down the tubes. You're just not. It would be so nice if you could, but you're not going to. You're just not. With our appetites, with, with what drives us. 
uh, that you are a body. You live in a body. That's, which, that's where you live. And your body is driven by five senses. We all know the five senses. You learned this in science. But, but if you don't watch out what your eyes are looking at, it will wreck you. If you don't watch out what you're eating, it will wreck you. If you don't watch out what you're listening to, what you're feeling on, what you're allowing to feel on you, it will wreck you. It will mess you up. And fasting is such a good way for you and I to exercise self-control, the big forgotten fruit, right? We all love to hear messages about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. But we don't like no self-control. Why? Because it's controlling, right? It's, it, it hinders, it messes up. But the Bible talks a lot about it. And the Bible uses a, one, one specific word I want to look at. And uh, that's the word debauchery. Now, how I many I know you don't hear a whole lot of people preaching on debauchery? And you don't use that word. Stop being debaucherous. Uh, you don't say that. Now, now you will. Now you can tell your kids that. You. <laughs> Never mind. But this is not a word that we use a lot. How I many of you know it's in the Bible? How I many of you know it came right out of Scripture? And I want to give you real quick, I want to give you some, some things that have to do with this. Because even though you are spirit, soul, and body, all three of you wants to be dominant at all times. Your body thinks it's the most important part of you. And it wants to usurp its authority over your spirit and your soul. That's just the way it is. Your soul thinks it's the most important. He wants to be king of the hill. Right? And if your soul is the strongest part of you, it will be king of the hill. Right? And your body trying to get up there and your spirit's trying to get up there, but, but, but your soul is the king of the hill. Right? And, and your spirit wants to be king. It wants to be the strongest, most powerful part of you. And I don't know where each one of you are at, but you have to make a good starting by looking at the man in the mirror, figure out what's the strongest, most dominant part of you. Is your spirit the strongest part of you? Is that, the, is that what flexes the muscles the most? Is that the strength of your life? Does your body dominate you? Is that the strength of your life? Are you driven by your appetites? Are you driven by your senses? Or is, it, or is your soul the strongest part of you? And whichever one is the most dominant, if it ain't the right one, it can wreck you. People cut themselves and they blow their brains out. Because mentally, in their soulish realm, it usurps its authority over their body and kills their body. How I many of y'all know what I'm talking about? One of the number one killers in, 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 our, in our nation is, is these parts of us. So, but my... my, my admonition to you is, is if, if you'll give your spirit 2017, it'll be the best year of your life. Because the key to you having the best year of your life is not the promotion. It's not more money. There's plenty, there's people that are killing themselves that got plenty of money. The key to you having the best life that you've ever had is letting your spirit be the king of the mountain. And fasting helps us do that. I, 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 I promise you, if you'll, if you'll come to church if you won't miss, if you'll get involved in a small group, if you'll get on the go team, if you'll come to prayer meetings, if you'll give your spirit 2017 at the end of it, it'll be the best year of your life. Now, it may not be a, a, a year without opposition, without tragedy, and without difficulty, but anytime you give your spirit precedence, at the end of the year, you will not regret it. You'll say, I grew more, I knew more, I'm happier, I have more joy, I have more strength, I feel better, my attitude's right, my relationships are right, I'm a hundred times better this year than I was last year because my body didn't dominate me and my soul didn't dominate me. But that's something that your preacher can't do for you. I just give you the word, right? 
And you hear the word, but if you hear it and you don't do it, then you go away deceived thinking that by hearing it, that you got credit for hearing it. You get no credit for hearing it. You only get credit for doing it because that's where the life change comes. Life change comes whenever we're not a hearer, but we're a doer. We allow our spirit to rise up. And that's part of fasting, right? You're putting the hamburgers down, putting some of this stuff down, and you're saying, my body will not dominate me. I dominate my body. The Apostle Paul, he says, I bring my body into subjection. It obeys me. I mean, I know this is tough. I mean, I know it's, it's easy to preach, but it ain't always easy to do. Right? The alarm clock goes off. I don't want to go to church. I want to go to barbecue. But you have to, there's certain things that you have to say, my body won't dominate me. Because you'll go to Sitco for what? Got to make that money, man, money, man. You got to, right? Well, you got to get paid. Right? But there's things, there's things that we could do, and fasting helps with that. So I don't have time to get all that. But, but debauchery just means the habitual or unrestrained indulgence and sensuality, and, and sensuality. That just means your senses. Habitual, negative habits. Unrestrained indulgence. Indulgence just sounds luxurious, doesn't it? Indulgence. But if it's unrestrained, it's a problem. So I want to give you, and I'm going to read these scriptures real fast. I don't have a lot of time to, to go through all of these like I would like to. Debauchery is the habitual, unrestrained indulgence and sensuality. I'm going to give you four verses in scripture that have to do this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Ephesians 5 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to what? Debauchery. Unrestrained indulgence. So don't get drunk with wine. And if you've ever drunk alcohol before, you know you let your inhibitions what? Woo! Now, you wouldn't be wooing any other time on the planet, right? You got your pocket protector on. Woo! All of a sudden. He says, watch. He says, don't get drunk with wine. It leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with what? Spirit. spirit. He says, it's spirit. He says, says, God's spirit, he's there to intoxicate you. He's there to fill you up. The, everything else is just, it's, it's, uh, it's false. It, it's a falsehood. It's a, it's, a, it's a fake. It's a phony, right? He says, he says, he says watch that. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3. I've got to keep moving here. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3. It says, you have given time enough in the past to doing the things which the Gentiles delight in, pursuing as you did a course of habitual license debauchery, hard drinking, noisy rivalry, drunkenness, and unholy image worship. I love the first sentence there. He says, you've given enough time. How many of y'all know there just comes a point in your life you say, I've given enough of my time. I've given enough of my time to, to, that, to that. I've given enough of my, my affection to that. I've given enough of my attention to that. I've wasted enough of my years going that direction. I've just, I, you've given enough. I love Peter. He says, you've given enough to that. It's time to move on. Time to move on. Luke chapter 15, verse 13. He's speaking here of the prodigal son. In reference to the lifestyle of the prodigal son, it says, no long time afterwards, the younger son got all together. He traveled to a distant country where he wasted his money in what? Debauchery and success is what mine says. I'm reading from a different translation. It says it wild living. He wasted his, 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 his time, his life in wild living. But what I love about that story, it says, but when he came to his senses, 
He says, I will arise and return to my father's house. What the prodigal son came, he just says, I've wasted enough time being angry at my daddy for what he did. I've wasted enough time holding on to unforgiveness to, to, to my uncle or my mom or my parents. I've wasted enough time holding on to the past. I've wasted enough time uh, with, with my overindulgence and me living sensually. I will arise and go to my daddy's house. And whenever he goes, of course, you know the rest of his story. His daddy don't beat him. His daddy welcomes him, throws a robe of righteousness on him, gives him a ring which restores his authority, brings him right back in the family, kills the fatted calf, and has a party. How many of y'all know the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one person comes into the kingdom of God? What is that? That's just the prodigal son coming home, and all of heaven joins in. Boom! It's potty time. Right? Why? Because one person just came home. Last one, it says, Romans chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. This, I'm reading down the NIV. It says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus. I love that. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh just means just clothing yourself and it's time there's three things i'm going to give you that if you don't check your body the ways that it'll wreck you you don't check yourself it's going to wreck yourself three different things i want to give you You have your worship god there's some blanks there the first one is if you don't check your body it will destroy you it will destroy you if you don't if you don't check it galatians chapter 6 verse 7 and 9 really good everybody kind of lean in and uh Get, get, get what God's trying to say here because he's wanting to move us somewhere in 2017. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. Don't get tired. Don't get tired of your fasting or of your serving or of your commitment. Don't get tired. He says, at the, just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, this is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial I mean, I know there's a lot of things you can do that aren't, aren't necessarily sin. There's a lot of hobbies that you can have, right? There's a lot of hobbies, a lot of things you can do, a lot of things that you can enjoy, places that you can enjoy. We like to have fun. We like to go all types of places. We like to shoot things, and we like to eat, right? We're foodies, and we like to shoot things, and uh, we like to hit golf balls. We like all that stuff. So listen, he says, he says not, not everything is permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. I will not be brought under its power, allowing it to control me. Watch this. He says food is for the stomach and the stomach for food. But God will do away with both of them. Everybody say boo. <laughs> no. He said the day will come and you won't even have these appetites anymore. Right? This is very temporary. This is an opportunity for you to learn how to dominate with your spirit. Jaden. Yes. Uh, 
It says the, the body, God's going to do away with both of them. He says the body's not intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body to save, sanctify, and raise it again because of the sacrifice of the cross. And God has not only raised the Lord to life, but will also raise us up by his power. First thing the body will do, if you don't check it, it'll destroy you. The second thing it'll do is it'll delete, I mean, it'll dilute, D-I-L-U-T-E. It will dilute your witness or your influence. How many of y'all know Clorox is strong? How many ever got chiggers before? Don't raise your hand. If you've lived in the woods, you've got chiggers before. How many ever taken a Clorox bath? How many of your mom ever mixed it too, too strong? <laughs> it's like, you came out blonde. It's like, mama. It's like, if you get chicken, I mean, I know you don't take a Clorox bath, full Clorox, right? It will burn you up. It will eat you up, right? You've got to dilute the strength of that down. You, you take something that's very strong and you dilute it down, right? So, so that you can get into it. But, but the thing is, if we don't check our body, it dilutes our strength. It takes something that's really strong and dilutes it down. Our witness, when people look at our life, we go from having a strength about us that it dilutes our witness when people look at us. It'll dilute our prayers. People go through life, they say, why didn't God answer my prayers? It's not that God's not answering. Maybe there may be some small adjustments. And the Bible says the little foxes destroy the vine. There may just be some small adjustments that can be made that, that'll bring your strength back up to a point that, that you aren't diluted down. It says here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, In a large house, there's not only vessels and objects of gold and silver, but there's also vessels and objects of wood and earthenware. Some are for honor, honorable or noble good use. And some are for dishonorable, ignoble and common. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things which are dishonorable, disobedient and sinful, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, set apart for special purpose and useful to the master for every good work. What's he talking about? How many ever eaten on paper plates? What do you do with them paper plates after you eat on them? Please say throw them away. <laughs> How many of y'all have a friend that you open up their dishwasher and it's like all Dixie cups. You're like <laughs> all styrofoam. No, no, no. No, in your house, there's usually you have, you have disposable. It's used for not very nice occasions. It's used. I mean, I, know, I thank God for paper plates. Right? But, but there are other occasions where he says here that there are things that God wants to use us for. They're vessels of honor. They're containers. They, they, can, they, they contain something different. They carry something different. I mean, I know some people carry something different. I mean, I know it's not just because they're anointed or they're gifted or they're whatever. I mean, I know a lot of times it just has to do with, with the, the, the level that they've that they've separated themselves. So, so if we don't check our body, it will destroy us. The penitentiaries are full of people that are good, intelligent, brilliant people who didn't check their body and it's wrecked their future. So it will destroy you, but it also dilute your effectiveness. God wants to use us. Come on, God don't want to use me because I'm a preacher. God wants to use you because you're a teacher. God wants to use you as an engineer or whatever. But we have to, we have to check our bodies. The last thing that, that if we don't check our body, it dishonors God. My wife and I, we went to Europe 
and went to the four basilicas. And these are, and this is where they believe Paul's prayer, uh, Paul's bones are, Peter's bones are, Mary's bones are. You have St. Mary's Basilica, St. John the Baptist Basilica, you have St. Paul's Basilica, and then you have St. Peter, which is where the, Bat- the Vatican is. And these are holy places, right? Whenever You don't just walk in acting however you want to act. They will throw you on your head. They will, they, and I'm telling you, I'm, I literally mean, because while we're there, people, if they try to get disruptive or whatever, there is an army of people that carry you out of there. Whenever you walk in, there's a sense, you can just tell, that, that, that a, lot, a lot went into this temple here. A lot went in to the building of this temple. And, and it carries a presence about it. I submit to you that a lot went into you. A lot went into you. That you're a temple and God invested a lot in you. He spent a lot in you and He worked a lot in you so that just like if an earthly building has a certain respect about it, how many of y'all know that there should be a certain respect that we have for our own bodies? And I'll give you this. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own property. Really good. It says, You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made His own. So then, honor and glorify God with what? With your body. So, so it says, you, you were purchased. How much more than the Vatican? And I mean, if you go to the Vatican, it's considered, you know, incredibly holy. But how much more God values you? Jesus did not die for that building. Jesus died for you. You've been purchased with the blood of Jesus. So then, honor God with with your body. Last one I'll give you concerning this in Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Because there's people that say, yeah, but I've been saved by grace. Right? By grace I've been saved. So I can't exhaust the forgiveness of God. True, you cannot exhaust the forgiveness of God. But here, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, it says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of this wonderful grace? Everybody say, of course not. Come on, say it like you mean it. Of course not. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Thank God for the grace of God. And, 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 and the Bible says that He's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thank God for that ability. We can come into His presence and say, God, I ask you to forgive me. And though our sins are as scarlet, He'll wash them as white as snow. But, we, but God never called us he didn't call us to continue in that. No, no, no. He said, don't continue in that. So, so, so the two questions I want you to, to ask yourself as we close this morning. Two questions. Before I ask you these questions, 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want to show you this. Because it says for, this is, this is in the Amplified. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. I put it at the very bottom of your worship guide. It says, physical training is of some value. But godliness or spiritual training is of value in everything and in every way. Since it holds promise, watch this, for the present life. 
really good. Because we think of this, it just has to do with heaven. Now, how many of y'all know you, life can be long, right? Life is short, but it can be long. How many of y'all know slime, time, slime? How many of y'all know time slows down when you're fasting? It's weird. It's like every time, every time it's it's like, it's just the speed of life. Quit eating. You quit eating, I guarantee you're like, oh my God. <laughs> what? It's been four minutes. You know, I mean, you're just like, you, 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 you immediately become like seven again. It's just like time comes, especially if you ain't eating nothing. Like if you're like, yeah, I'm going on a full fast for seven days. That'll be the longest seven days of your life. You'll be like, I mean, time, it slows down, right? Whenever, whenever you're fasting. But, but here he says, he says, physical exercise, it does have some profit, right? It doesn't have a ton. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm about to get back to it. I'm about to. I'm going to look like Brandon before it's all over with. About nine years. <laughs> it says there is some degree of goodness to health and exercise. And if you're, if you're like me, if I'm doing a fast, it don't take long. Within a few days, I already think cleaner. My, my body always, I already feel cleaner. I feel lighter on my toes, right? Maybe take a dancing class. Uh, there's a little more, you know, and that only increases. So fasting, it does something scientifically. It does all of that stuff for you. But, but physical, it's physical exercise, it does good stuff. But how much more the spiritual training? What's fasting? It's spiritual training. What does it train? Your spirit trains your soul and it trains your body. And it, it helps everything in this life and the life to come. It, it encompasses all of it. So the two questions I want you to ask. Number one is, am I offering daily? Romans chapter 12, he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper Worship daily. Another good reason of fasting is, is, is it's something that it, it brings your spiritual life every day before you. I mean, I know whenever you're living sensually and unrestrained, you may not think a lot about Jesus from Sunday to Sunday. But how many of y'all know whenever you cut back on your indulgences and you go from being unrestrained to restrained? You go from living sensually to not just living sensually. All of a sudden now there's a daily awareness. God's with me. God's working in me. God's doing something in me. And this, this is daily. How many of y'all know that's what God wants? How many of y'all know my wife is not satisfied with me showering occasionally? Right? Right? I'd be like, babe, give me a kiss. Take a bath. Take a bath. Take a shower, right? We're not satisfied with our kids bathing every third day. Not most of the time. For hunting, maybe. But most of the time, no, no, no. It's, it's daily. Take a bath. Take a bath. Second question is, is, am I living purposefully? This goes to, if, if you'll give us a year, give this church a year, give your spirit a year, it'll be the best year of your life. Why? Because if you'll, if you'll make some daily adjustments, but then also if you'll live purposefully. Last verse I'll give you, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. 
It says when people do not accept divine guidance. One, one translation says where there's no vision. Where there's no sense of purpose. They run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. What's Solomon telling us there? He says people that have no vision or people that have no purpose. They have no direction in their life. It's easier for them just to run wild. To live recklessly. To, to overindulge. Why? Because they're not living for anything but themselves. But whenever you join a go team or you join a small group or whenever you do an outreach or whenever you start living outside of yourself and we call that living eternally minded, then there's something, there's a purpose, there's a vision there. And the Bible says where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint is the New King James translation. They say people cast off restraint when they have no vision. But, but we don't want to be debaucherous, right? We don't want to cast off restraint. No, no, no. We want to live within the context of what God has for us. So, so with our spirit, with our soul, and with our body, we've got to check it. Why? Because we don't want to wreck it, right? I don't, we don't want to wreck it.